everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the wonderful world of spirits. We're now on Jade. So we're going to start off with the Jade Emperor, also known as Yu Huang Dadi. Origin is obviously China. The Jade Emperor is the spirit of the very pinnacle of the Chinese pantheon, the celestial emperor, ruler of the world. As perhaps befitting someone so high up, he is a distant, remote figure. Taoism envisions heaven as a bureaucracy, the Jade Emperor its chief official. The Jade Emperor is the boss. He has the final say in all matters. He is the organiser of the universe. However, once he had organised order from the prior chaos, he left the mundane matters of everyday life in charge of the lesser spirits. The Jade Emperor is the divine equivalent of China's Emperor, ruling over lesser deities in the same way, but the Emperor rules over local leaders. The Jade Emperor keeps track of each human life on Earth via a broad, bureaucratic network of lesser spirits, as for instance, the Kitchen God. His Chinese name technically translates as Superior Emperor. The reference to Jade is a metaphor. Jade is perceived as the most perfect, precious substance. The Jade Emperor is believed to have once been a prince in ancient China, defied after, after death. Since approximately the 8th century, he has been regarded as Emperor of all Spirits, Emperors of Song Dynasty, 960-1279 CE encouraged this spiritual tradition in order to strengthen and legitimise their own imperial authority. Between the 24th day of the final month of Chinese lunar calendar and New Year's Day, all spirits must visit the Jade Emperor in order to present their annual report. Hmm. The next is Jahi, the harlot, the whole... Sorry, that's another phone that's gone off there. I apologise. Anyway, the hall of the hall, the Jahi. Its origin is Mesopotamia. Jahi is a primordial spirit who may have begun her incarnation as a creatrix. Jahi is the first goddess and first woman. She emerged from the void, then brought forth a serpent from herself. She and the snake made love, conceiving the whole world. The first sexual encounter with a serpent caused menstruation. In some parts of the world, the phrase bitter by a snake remains as a euphemism for menstruation, especially a girl's first period. So in addition to the universe in general, Jahi is specifically credited with inventing snakes, sex and menstruation. Once upon a time, a really long time ago, she was considered the holiest of holy. But times changed. Jahi was reappraised. Much of what is documented about her derives from the perspective of the Zoroastrian holy texts, in which context she is considered among the worst of the worst. The Zoroastrianism describes Jahi as a demon. Well, don't they all? She causes menstruation, a polluting whore, whose temptations must be resisted. She's a consort of Hariman, the dreaded spirit of destruction, although she is no longer considered the creator of the universe or the celestial power. She still, this, they still actually assign Jahi dominion over menstruation and sex, especially illicit sex or sexual acts perceived as polluting. 
Jai is a spirit of flesh and fluids. Hmm. You see, they don't really change them, don't they? A lot. They may come out to be something really bad when they're not. Her presence threatens to diminish our extinguishers, sort of the sexual desire in people, I guess. She is a primordial mother. Those exploring women's mysteries are specifically menstrual magic and mysteries may invoke her sponsorship and assistance. Jai is moist, her vagina is wet and all bloody. She perspires, her ringlets are described as dripping, whether water or sweat. She may be felt as a damp emanation. She's intensely yin spirit. Her planet is the moon, her element is water, her colour is obviously red. <laughs> Jambala, also known as Zambala, origin Tibet. It's very hard to focus on spirituality if you're hungry or worrying about having enough money to pay the rent. Although some aesthetics abandon all worldly possessions, they are the exception, not the rule. The average person may find that worldly concerns, food, shelter, medicine, bills, survival, get in the way of pursuing a spiritual path. That's where Jambala comes to the rescue. Jambala, sometimes called the wealth-giving Buddha, provides for one physical needs so that you can focus on your soul. Theoretically, at least, Jambala does not provide wealth for wealth's sake, but so that you can live a better, more elevated, highly spiritual existence. Orthodox versions of his legends suggest that Jambala only helps those pursuing a Buddhist path. However, Jambala is an extremely popular spirit, and many non-Buddhists or casual Buddhists testify to his generosity and assistance. The name Jambala derives from the Jambara, the Tibetan name for the citron fruit, Citrus Medica, a symbol of wealth and fertility. Jambala's origins are subject to debate. Jambala is a pre-Buddhist Tibetan spirit incorporated into the Buddhist pantheon. Jambala is Kubera, Indian's lord of wealth incorporated into the Buddhist pantheon. Jambala is emanation of a bodhisattva, for instance, a well-giving path. Jambala is an emanation of the Buddha, who realised that hunger and poverty prevented so many from pursuing the Dharma and sought to remedy the situation. One legend explains that Buddha, Shakyamuni, was trying to meditate when he was interpreted by a demon, interrupted by a demon. Jambala spontaneously appeared to divert the demon out of the way, and Buddha was so impressed by his bravery and initiative that he asked whether Jambala would like to serve as a Dharma protector, and so Jambala joined the Buddhist pantheon. Jambala bestows fertility in addition to wealth and material comforts. All aspects of Jambala are identified with a citron fruit, or these citron fruits, of course. A sacred animal. The gem spitted mongoose is associated with manifestations of Jambala. Precious gems emanate endlessly from the mongoose's mouth. Wow, that's interesting. The mongoose also indicates Jambala's victory over Nagas, who are well-bestowing spirits too. Offer water daily. Also, good deeds and donations on behalf of less fortunate and those no longer living. There is a mantra, but I'm not sure if I can do it, but the short version of the mantra is Hom Jambala Jalin Draya Soha. I'll say that again, guys. Hom Jam 
That's his mantra. It's a short version of it, actually. Ajambala became extremely popular and eventually evolved into the first distinct manifestations, he who may actually be paths of other spirits. All forms of Jambala bestow wealth, but they do so in different fashion. Each also provides other gifts and blessings. Yellow Jambala is particularly beloved. The black Jambala is chief of five Jambalas. It's believed to be a path of Kubera, Lord of Well. Black Jambala is recommended for aesthetics, and those were really truly poverty-stricken. It fulfills all wishes, providing they are benevolent and not harmful. In other words, Black Jambala will help you find a new home, but will not help eliminate your present evil landlord. Black Jambala eliminates illness, resentment, rage, and criminal inclinations. It is a wrathful form of Jambala depicted standing, surrounded by a ring of fire. His initial attribute is a cup formed from a skull. Green Jambala brings success and victory in all matters. It helps overcome jealousy, envy and has the power to stop bad omens from coming true. Green Jambala is depicted in a sexual union with his consort, Yellow Tara. He has vowed to protect anyone who chants his name or mantra. Red Jambala sometimes appears with an elephant's head. In addition to a well-spitting mongoose, his sacred creature is a mouse. Red Jambala may be Ganesha incorporated into a Buddhist pantheon. Red Jambala is recommended for those already in possession of wealth and status. He helps keep business and finances healthy and assists in making advantage contacts, contracts and arrangements. He also helps overcome greed and attachment to tangible and intangible benefits of wealth. White Jambala White Jambala may also be identified with White Tara. They, apparently, he rides a turquoise dragon. His additional attribute is a bar of gold. White Jambala is a wrathful form of the Jambala manifested by his flame-like hair. White Jambala helps accumulate wealth and merit and stimulates generous and charitable impulses. He also helps transcend material and emotional, emotional attachments. White Jambala may be invoked to eliminate illness, impurity and poverty. It can avert disaster and illness before they even occur. The Yellow Jambala, the most beloved Jambala, known as the Wealth Buddha, blesses people with prosperity and abundance so that they are free from material concerns and may focus on spirituality instead. If you chant his name or mantra, he allegedly provides protection as well as financial support. Well, interesting indeed. The next spirit is Janguli. Janguli is an ancient snake goddess venerated by shamanic tribes in the region of northern India and Nepal. Janguli, mistress of snakes, protects against snake bites and all poison. Too powerful to ignore and too valuable to demonize, she's since been absorbed into the Hindu and Buddhist pantheons. She's sometimes considered a tantric form of white Tara, thus making her a, a bodhisattva. Sattva or a Buddha type spirit. She's sometimes counted among the Mahavidyas, Hinduism's wisdom goddesses. Janguli's image is believed to provide protection from snakes. Amulets bearing her name or image are believed to help protect against poison, including food poisoning. 
She may appear as a woman holding a white snake, or she may be a woman from the waist up and then a white snake below. She's intensely linked to white snakes. There will be one with her somehow. Alternatively, a white snake may be sufficient to indicate her presence. She may also appear in a iconographic form, and that is she's depicted in Buddhist and Hindu images as having three faces and six arms. Buddhist images show her forming the mudra of protection, and she wears a snake crown, or a snake may wreathe her head. She's attributed to lotus and Vienna musical instrument. Her colour is white. The sacred creatures are snakes and peacocks, both of which serve as a mount. Offerings. Images of snakes and peacocks. Peacock feathers. Used in Himalayan traditional medicine to heal snake bites. Did not know that. Hmm. Interesting. It's funny what you learn, isn't it? Um, when you're doing things. There's certain things that you find are actually left out, what you learn about. The next is Jezebel. Jezebel, recounted in the Old Testament's first and second book of Kings. In the Phoenician princess and priestess of Asherah, who was married to Hahab, king of the northern kingdom of Israel, circa 872-851 BCE. A name may be interpreted as meaning woman of Baal, or where is his highness, referring to a myth of Baal. It may be too interpreted in less flattering ways, just saying. The Bible portrays Jezebel as the active and direct opponent of passionate monotheists, Elijah the prophet. Jezebel is vilified for persecuting Jewish prophets and for allegedly encouraging Israelite veneration of Asherah. The possibility that Israelites were already worshipping Asherah without Jezebel's help is discussed in Raphael's Pate's groundbreaking book, The Hebrew Goddess. Jezebel notoriously persuaded her husband to seize a vineyard, be converted after the vineyard's owner refused to sell it. For many, Jezebel optimizes the archetype evil queen. Conventional Jewish, Jewish wisdom suggests that she was a powerful witch who led her hab astray, although there are occasional moderating voices. Even the Talmud describes Jezebel as sometimes very charitable. The Bible describes Jezebel's death and comeuppance in gruesome detail, but like a New Testament compatriot, Herodias, Queen of Judea, Jezebel's spirit continues to evoke dread, disgust, and also veneration. She is a characteristic spirit of witchcraft and woman's wiles. The name Jezebel appears a second time in biblical sources, this time in the book of Revelations 2.20. Yet another woman named Jezebel is accused of falsely calling herself a prophetess while seducing people toward idolatry and fornication. Over the centuries, the name Jezebel has developed intensely erotic overtones, possibly deriving from this biblical second coming of Jezebel and or because of the associations of the Semitic goddess religions with sacred prostitution. Jezebel has transcended its statue as a name and evolved into a word indicating a sexual autonomous woman, although also used to sell cosmetics and lingerie. It's most often used as a pejorative especially by those who would seek to control women's sexuality. To describe a woman as a painted Jezebel is essentially to call her a slut. 
The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines Jezebel as an impudent, shameless, and morally unrestrained woman. To demonstrate how deeply the word Jezebel has permeated language, the New English Polish and Polish English Foundation Dictionary, published 2005, translates the Polish word Rozpusnika as Jezebel Harlot, a notorious sinner. Gee, that's nice. Not surprisingly, Jezebel has emerged as a spirit of sex, dominance and woman's power. Whether this is positive or negative depends on the eyes of the beholder, I guess. Jezebel is venerated by some, used by others, and actively opposed by others. Amongst neo-pagans and judeo-pagans, Jezebel is venerated as a powerful and complex spirit, the epitome of one who will not be cowed by opposition or convention. In folk magic traditions like hoodoo, Jezebel is respected as a spirit who gets things done and who successfully exerts her will. She is not necessarily considered evil, but is an immoral spirit. In hoodoo tradition, the root of her species of iris flower is known as a Jezebel root because it's used in magic spells to get one's way or desire, regardless of obstacles or odds. The simplest Jezebel root spell involves holding a root in one's left hand while focusing intensely on one's desire. Maintain that concentrated focus for a sufficient length of time, then bury the root in the earth, confident that one's wish will actually come true. More Jezebel root spells can be found in the Judica, by the way, in the Encyclopedia of the Spells. And I do have that book, if you're interested. In conservative Christian circles, Jezebel remains an active and notorious evil spirit, though she has transcended her ties to the biblical queen, a primordial Jezebel spirit, existed before the queen and survived the death. This spirit is an incorporeal force that works through women's bodies, but is not restricted to them. Thus, the name appears twice in the Bible, attached to different women. The Jezebel spirit is a possessing spirit who takes a woman's bodies and minds. So it's said. She may be she may be able to simultaneously possess many women, as in hordes, in fact. According to Christian sources, the Jezebel spirit is sneaky and manipulative. The most dangerous Jezebel spirit is not the one who is openly a harlot or a witch, but the one who disguises herself as a good Christian in order to infiltrate and undermine. So, you know, even though she's classed as a bad spirit, she's not really, guys. She's not. She's just a fierce one. She knows what she wants, she knows how to get it, and she's going to do it. Regardless of whether she's venerated or opposed, all agree Jezebel is very beautiful and she's charismatic as well. So she will appear as a beautiful woman. Jezebel may be venerated alongside Lady Asherah of the Sea, Astarte, Annette, Baal, Kadesh and Sphinx, and possibly Lilith and Herodias. A plant is a Jezebel root, Aris Fulva. Her altar or her images may be placed beside a window looking out. In view of saying painted Jezebel, it may be presumed that Jezebel enjoys fine cosmetics and perfumes, also incense, and in honour of that vineyard, she likes Israeli wine better than anything else. So, if you're going to give her wine, make sure you look for the right one. Don't give her a cheap one. Because she will not be very pleased with you if you do. Okay, not good. The next spirit we're moving on to is Juno, Queen of Heaven, also known as Uni. Origin is Etruscan, Italian, Latin. 
Junon is the queen of the Roman region. She is an ancient spirit who presided the Romans in the area. They may have received her from the Etruscans or one of the Italian tribes. In her earliest incarnation, Juno was the spirit of time, in charge of organising the orderly division of time. In this capacity, she rules the menstrual cycle and earliest calendar. Matron and protector of women, Juno is evolved in every stage of female life, her first breath to her last. Her particular concerns are marriage and fertility. Juno, she has that woman power. Whatever the female equivalent of virility would be called, she has it. Women are were expected to honour Juno every year on the occasion of their birthdays. According to Roman tradition, during the week following a birth, a table laden with offerings honouring Juno was kept in a new child's home. Juno can heal any illness, but is specifically associated with those considered women's illnesses or anything to do with the female parts of the body, like breasts, reproductive organs. She bestows fertility and can help you not get pregnant or get pregnant, if that's your desire. She oversees romance, marriage and menopause and has the power to fulfil any requests made by a devotee. Juno has become identified with Greek Hera, as if Juno is merely another nation's name for Hera. Myths of Zeus and Hera are recounted with names of Jupiter and Juno substituted. Hera and Juno do have many similarities and common concerns. However, they're not the same. Their natures are quite different. Juno is not an abused, jealous wife. Juno is calm, regal, serene, and usually a very responsible spirit. She's not as volatile as Hera. She favours women, children, men of military age. Those born are married during her months, June, of course, and February, are one of her many feast days, Roman Italians. She's depicted as a veiled woman, bearing a flower in her right hand, holding an infant in her left. Her animals are snakes, goats, wolves. Juno drives a chariot drawn by lions. Her birds are peacocks, crows and geese. A tree is a fig, a flower is the iris. A planet is the moon. Juno has an asteroid named in her honour. Number one is her number. Juno's name derives from the same roots as the word one. Think universe, unicorn, unibrow. A sacrament is marriage. The first day of each month is dedicated to her. Juno was celebrated throughout the traditional Roman calendar as a focus of several major festivals. A primary feast celebrated first on March commemorates the founding of her temple, on Rome's Esquiline Hill, women journeyed to a temple bearing gifts. There's additional festivals as well um, in honour of Juno, 7th of March, and obviously the 14th of February. Traditionally, you should make offerings on the first day of each month. Flowers, peacock feathers, Italian wine, mineral water, coins, a flock of toys, geese, a cooked lamb or beef. You can also take a path of Juno. And there's many different Junos, that's a thing. You know, there's Juno Februata, Juno Caprotina, Juno Covella, Juno Curitus, Juno Flonia, Juno Lucina. They're all, and there's more, but they're all different, you know. Many, many different um, paths you can choose with Juno. 
And just like you, some, you can with some of the other ones. The next spirit is Jurem, Tupit Brazil. Jurem names a plant, an herbal potion, a spirit and a spiritual tradition. The Jurem is a sacred evergreen whose bark and roots are used to create a psychoactive <laughs> decoction called Vinho da Jurem. Basically wine. Traditional use similar to more internally famous Ayahuasca. There are two subspecies, black Jurema, Mimosa hostilis, and white Jurema, Mimosa verrucosa. Shamanic and magical healing are the root of the spiritual tradition called Jurema, Jurema sorry, now entered into northeastern Brazil. Jurema is based on the indigenous Brazilian traditions, specifically those of the Tupi Indians, but is a... A syncretic tradition also incorporating African and European influences. Practitioners of Jerema are called Jeremians. Jerema is also sometimes called Katimbo, but some consider that name derogatory as it may also refer to malevolent sorcery or witchcraft. Two types of spirits are venerated in Jerema. The Caboclos, indigenous spirits, and the Mestres, literally masters, as in master healer, um, and they're the different sort of spirits that can be brought forth from that. But the offerings are wine, um, herbal teas, tropical fruit, arrows, I guess, colors red, white, and green, and the animal is jaguar. It's an interesting one. Definitely not heard of that one before. And now we're on the last spirit, which is Joterna, Roman region. Feast is the 11th of January for Joterna. Joterna is a spirit of fresh water. Although described as a Roman goddess, now intricated into the Roman pantheon, she actually predates the Romans in the area. Her brother, Turnus, king of the Rutuli, an Italic tribe, was chief rival of Aeneas, Progenerate and ancestor of the Romans. Juturna was allied with her brother in his fight against Roman dominion. Her brother was killed during the hostilities, but Juturna was too important to be banished. Although a spirit of fresh water in general, Juturna was specifically associated with two sources of fresh water. A sacred well in Lavinium and a spring now in Roman Forum. Um... Probably the primary source of fresh water from the earliest inhabitants of the Palazine Hill. I mean, that's just speculated, of course. Water from Juturna Spring was used by the Vestal Virgins as ritual water. The water is also believed to have healing properties. Although Juturna is wed to Janus, she also had an affair with Jupiter, conducted secretly until betrayed by the nymph Lara. This myth may be interpreted as Jupiter attempting to move in on the ancient deity Janus, turf and being foiled. Consort Janus, their son, is Fontus, a spirit of fountains, wells and springs. So her allies, Juturna is closely affiliated with the Dioscuri. The spring of Juturna in the Roman Forum is a sacred site, but she did used to have a Roman temple. I'm not sure about it now. 
The Juttonalia celebrated on the 11th of January marks the dedication of their temple in the Campus Martius. If it's still there, it doesn't spec. It doesn't actually say whether it's still there or not, so I don't know. Interesting though. And that is all the spirits that we're going to do in the letter J. When we come back, we'll move on to the letter K. Please hit the like, share if you can. And if you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. Many blessings.